Hello and welcome to the Miskatonic Playhouse and tonight's performance of Flesh Wounds. I'm T.A. Newman, your host and keeper of Arcane Lore for tonight's game. My team and I will be bringing to life adventures using the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game which contains mature themes, cosmic horror, character death and loss of sanity. Our mystery can be found in the Miskatonic repository where people like you and me can write an adventure for others to play. We'd like to thank Sirenscape, whose tools have helped provide the background sounds that you hear. After a run-in with Phelps, who works at the Tyner Science Annex, the investigators discovered that Jasper Wilson signed into his dorm room after the incident the night before. Suspicious. Jimmy visited Jasper and discovered the research papers about post-mortem activity and tests on rats. Louis went to the Tyner Science Annex to analyse his luminous green sample from Camille's room, and Maggie visited Elsie Branner at the hospital, only to discover the body of the Pinkerton agent Patchett is upstairs in the morgue. And now it's time to pull back the curtain and roll the dice. I will go for a listen roll, of course, yeah. Not because it is my strongest stat, just because, you know, yeah, I like to listen to things. Yeah, great. That's a hard success, 19 against 40. I expect nothing less, Lewis, nothing less. Uh, Lewis, you're walking up to the science annex, and uh, as you do... As you're as walking up to this, as you do, as you as you do, as you walk up to the science annex, and you kind of almost trace back across the the, the campus area, you trace back, you walk past the the, the bell tower that Jimmy hid in uh, in absolute chivalry uh, when Elsie was being attacked, but you hear a voice, you hear quite um well, it's not really the voice, it's more of the tone of voice that you hear. Mm-hmm. And you hear a, a muffled, well, with a hard success, it's not actually that muffled. You hear a voice coming from the front of the science annex as you're walking up. It's just echoing around the quad, which is, don't you know who I am? Come on, you don't know who I am? I said I wanted my lab boxed up. I'm ready to be moved out. I said I wanted that and you haven't done a thing and i'll tell you another thing you 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 wanted those rooms downstairs for those engineers the scientific engineers well have you seen what they've done have you and then there's a there's kind of like a voice in return almost like a, a squeaky um apologetic voice i know a bloody hole in the wall i i don't i don't know what it is that you're doing here because making the the, the the annex, my father's annex safe. Well, I, I can tell you, you're not doing a bloody good job. I said I wanted my things boxed up and safely out of here, and, and you, you're sitting on your behind. It's not good enough. And I want that door blocked up. Whatever it is that they've made down there, I want it blocked up. I don't want anybody getting in the basement. You hear me? And then you hear, like, another apologetic voice, and then, get out of my sight! Oh! Well, I do suppose that if I arrive now, I will see Professor Tyner being quite angry. You do. You see Professor Tyner, who's this um, slightly uh, rotund, older gentleman who's kind of pushing back his slick back hair now, like sweating it into into his head, trying to put it back in shape after it's kind of like fallen out everywhere. And he's kind of pushing it back and... <laughs> I try. I try. I give and I give to this place and I just get nothing back, honestly. Gonna... Good morning, Professor. Oh, um, mor- morning, morning. Uh, you know, Luis, Luis Carlos Andrian. Ah, Mr. Andrian, Adrian. Yeah, it's good. It's good to, great to see you. Yeah, it's Luis. great to see you as well. How is everything going? Bandabby dozy, Luis. How about yourself? Well, you you heard about last night, I guess. What about last night? Didn't you hear about the attack, the girl? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I did. That's a ter- terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Um, 
and that's when I need to ask you a question, Newman. Okay. Do I do I do I like Professor Tyner? Do I know him well? Well, I think at, at, at this institution, at this time as well, the professors there, there aren't so so many of them that they all go unknown. The fact that your speciality is pharmacology. Yeah. And that you spend time in the science annex. Yeah, you, you will know him and he will know you as one of the science students. Um, do, within your pharmacology, do you think you would have done any uh, kind of uh, lessons in, in any form of pathology, which might be the case? Uh, I would say so, surely. So, um, yeah, you've, you've probably had a few um, kind of, uh, I suppose, guest lectures yeah. from Robert Tyner, but he, you know, he, you you see him when he teaches he's basically mm -hmm. standing at the front of a room and he is delivering what he wants to deliver to his captive audience you don't see much teaching and learning going on he doesn't seem to be there kind of going and lewis uh how do you feel about this and uh jimmy how can you can you answer this for me maggie if yeah, I was he to doesn't do... really interact much with no, his audience and stuff like that yeah great so he's aware of your face in the crowd and he knows that you're a bit of a teacher's pet fair game but, uh, Professor, I was wondering maybe uh, if you knew who I would need to, yeah, to whom I could maybe uh, tell myself I need some help. Oh, okay. Um, what kind of help is it? Maybe I can help you. Well, Professor, it would be it would be such a pleasure if you could actually do something. I did find this substance, this sort of almost liquid green goo um i did find it in weird yes yeah, some kind of weird events i feel like this is something that shouldn't be in our dormitories and i think that maybe someone is experimenting with dangerous substances do you think that maybe yourself would be qualified to maybe look at it and tell me what it is uh, Lewis, uh, it's Lewis, isn't it, huh? Yeah, indeed, yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. Lewis, uh, I had a spot open up recently, uh, looking for a new, uh, student, uh, lab assistant. How about you come with me and we'll, uh, we'll have a little look at what you got there. Oh, that would be amazing, Professor. Well, if you're excited about what you found here, I can tell you. I am. You. Oh, well, I can tell you, boy, come with me and we together ah, we are gonna do wondrous things well i can't wait professor it's gonna be amazing we cut to jimmy you're looking at these bizarre research notes before you this anatomical drawing notes next to it would you mind reading them for me again please again let's do it enhance Sample 23. Correctly configured, the serum works exactly as West's research indicates. Tyner was on the right path. Significant postmortem cellular, no, post cellular activity in animal subjects. Neurological functions impaired. Serum holds further tissue degeneration, but no evidence of cellular... Oh my god, cellular is really hard to say. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Serum holds further tissue degeneration, but no evidence of cellular repair. We must improve. Seize pages hold the answer. Seize pages hold the answer. Mm. You realize that's in your hand, Jimmy, and you see beneath it another note. Oh. Would you just describe the images and then read that for me, please? So we have... Uh some kind of rodent, probably a rat, that is uh, open up, uh, opened up, possibly, uh, hopefully dead, otherwise a vivisection. Uh, we see a lot of chemical equations, uh, a spine, and uh, I think a brain. And would you mind reading the text on the page next to it? Yes. So, notable result from sample 17. Sample appears to have the opposite effect. Mummification or fossilization. Can only assume left out part of catalyst during synthesis. Interesting result nonetheless. 
will inform Tyner to set aside for further study. You give me a listen roll, please, Jimmy. Indeed. That is a failure, so... He's uh, very taken aback but by what he's read. We have some mad science going, going you on around here. Surmise there is some mad science going on <laughs> here, uh, and a good uh, summation if there ever was one. Uh, as you're reading that, you don't hear the door close behind you. You don't hear the footsteps in the room now with you. You don't hear the door locking behind you. You hear a voice right next to your ear over your shoulder. Hey, Jimmy, what you doing? Yeah. Uh, what? Jimmy turns around. It's Camille. Uh, Camille, what are you doing here? This is this is the boys' dormitories. You're not allowed here. You see at the door now, having just turned the key in it, Jasper. Oh, I'm. I was just here uh, with uh, with Jasper. Um, it's his room. I was coming to see him. What are you doing here? Jasper just says, Jimmy told me there was a fire. I thought I saw a fire. And, uh, mm. you know, he left all this uh, science stuff. I don't understand science at all, so it just looks like nothing to me. I left it all there, and I thought, oh, my goodness, I don't want it gone in the fire. I'll pack it up to, to help out. And I did. Here, here, have it. Where's the fire, Jimmy? I thought it was in the, in the bin, but turns out it was just uh, my eye. I got something in my eye. Uh, but uh, yeah, now that I can see clear, there was, there's, yeah, I see there's no fire. Although I can, can you still, can you smell like burning toast or something? I think I can smell something. Do you smell that? Do you smell it? I think, just, just concentrate for a minute and, and try to smell the air. Let me know. Do, do you smell it? There's something, I, maybe it's on the upper floor. Should we go check? So Maybe. I desperately want to give you this <laughs> role, whether it's fast talk or whatever you want to convince me it is, because I think it's wicked. I, what I, I, what I, my instinct is that this is with a penalty die All right. Be, because oh, of no. the events leading up to it. But I'm loving what you're doing. And I was tempted then to be like, oh, my God, you get a bonus die. No, it's still a penalty die, please. So uh, I'm going to ask you to give me whatever kind of bullshit role you want to, as in a yeah. I'm bullshitting my way out of this. He's a fast talker, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy's a fast talker. <laughs> Okay, so that's a normal one. Okay, so the penalty die is not going to help, probably. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, he didn't succeed on this occasion. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so, um... What's my luck like? Not a lot. Cool. <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy essentially takes one of his crutches and in a... Not in a... In a, in a I am to... Jimmy. Oh, sorry. You are Jimmy. Can I take one of uh, the crutches? That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> well, I wouldn't do that. Jasper's <laughs> gonna gonna struggle if you do that. Uh, Jasper, I mean... not Jimmy. So the the person who's not you, just in case uh, we get confused. Um, Jasper takes one of his crutches and, in a non-aggressive way, just very slowly lifts it up, puts the the end of it on your shoulder, and just kind of pushes you down to sit in the chair. Just says, "Jimmy, sit down. I I I think we need to talk. Okay." And then I he just, puts his crutch back on the floor. I, uh, yeah, we we can talk, although it's kind of stuffy in here, you know, if we could go outside and sneak no. some clean air. Or... No. I just... Jimmy, cut the bullshit for once in your life. C Camille's just... kind of looking between it. Okay, okay, Jasper, come on, I... I, I, I... I got this. Jimmy's great. I was, I was, I was kind of with Jimmy and Lewis and Maggie last night. They're they're trying to help. They're trying to they're trying to help like we are. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to help. We're trying to help as much as we can. And uh, you know, it's it's everyone's on campus responsibility to try and you know protect each other from whatever is happening. And Jasper's right. You can cut the bullshit. <laughs> Look, um. I'm sorry if last night was weird. Uh, it was weird for me as well. I, you know, I do want us to be friends. You know, all of us, uh, uh, Jasper and I, um, we, we, we've kind of caught wind of what Tina's doing. And he, he, he kind of reacted and, and we, that's how last night happened. And, and, and we're sorry that you got caught up in it, but you, you're kind of a part of this now, Jimmy. So if we share with you, are you are you are you gonna share with us? Because 
it's getting scary, Jimmy. Can I roll my 10% psychology to see Absolutely. if they're trying to, to trap me into something? I failed anyway. You can tell me whatever you like. You can she, bullshit me. You're allowed. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, but she she does seem really genuine. She seems really okay. heartfelt. Uh, Jasper seems still a bit frustrated about this kind of invasion of his privacy. Um, but, you know, Camille seems like she's kind of, you know, she's telling the truth. Uh, look, Jimmy, um... Professor Tyner, he's a bad guy. Jasper was working with him. He was his lab assistant. And and, and he was helping him on some stuff. That that stuff there. And he kind of points at your hand. You're you're still holding the the research notes that you just offered back. I I he's 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 screwing with people, Jimmy. Uh he's he's he says he's found some some research from some other professor a while ago. And you know he's he's looking to bring in people, uh, like, well, he said he wanted to, to to cure all illness. He wanted to make them better, but but he but he's not. I mean, Jim Jasper, tell Jimmy about the, about the rats. And Jasper rats. kind of looks like kind of nervously, but does um, yeah. He we we've been using rats as test subjects and uh, when they've been terminated we cured them of it you cured them of being terminated yeah like uh, like brought them back to life he just nods in almost in silence Jimmy uh, the there's a lot of science that goes into this, and I, I think if I tried to explain it any other way, uh, it, it, it might distract you from what's actually going on. Yeah, though I, I don't understand that kind of stuff. I'm just an engineer. I, science is not really my thing. I don't really study. Uh, but that sounds fucked up. Camille, <laughs> it, it kind of just <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it is, and and but he's taken it too far, and 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 we're we've been trying to stop him, and, and we did uh, try. Uh, we were trying to get the stuff out of his lab, um, like two nights ago, and 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 he kicked off. He came in and he found us with his like um, the caretaker guy, uh, uh, and oh, we we only just got out of there with some notes and things, but we got to get back there tonight. We 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 got to get that research off him because. God knows what he is going to do, Jimmy. Why didn't you say last night? Well, I, I didn't know. I didn't want to freak everybody out. And we, we, um, Jasper wasn't there. And we, we've had time to talk this morning. And, uh. and, and, and if the police knew about this, they, they'd lock us up and then he'd get away with it. So I, I had to be really careful about who I was talking to. I wanted to tell Maggie about it, but I just didn't feel like it was the right time. And, 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 and Lewis kept looking at me with like this side eye thing. And I, 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 Jimmy, right. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, well, uh, so you tried to tell me that that the the Pinkerton guy was a rat that you brought back to life, kind of. Well, 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 like, well Tyna, yeah. He, he, so he's been doing some research beyond just science, and I think that he was researching into some old weird uh, like church and and like. Uh, the, Religion the research... and science together—that makes oh, no I, sense. No, I know, I know, I know. And 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 and, but there, it was all about this professor who used to work here, um, and and it's just all gone, like it, it's gone real bad. Uh, okay. Well, uh, we should go tell Maggie and Lewis because okay. that's a lot of responsibility for me, and uh, yeah, seems complicated. Uh, I I don't I don't really know. They have to convince me to help out. I'm not really feeling okay. like getting this much trouble. My dad, you know, he might cut me off if I get arrested. Uh, I mean, if I get arrested. But um, J Jimmy. Yeah, I yeah. We should. I, I think Lewis went to the science building. 
to, to look at the, the green liquids that uh, we found like next oh. to the finger that moved by itself, which is, I'm assuming, related because it would be really weird if those were like two okay. separate. Okay. Uh, Camille kind of gives a very confused look to Jasper and Jasper's just kind of looking like shocked. Uh, green serum, finger moving by itself. Is that, re is that related? Please uh, tell me those are not two different problems because uh, no one has the time. Jasper just kind of nods and says, it's... Um, it's 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 it, it's one of the the serums uh, that Tynas created uh, from, right. from his notes from this old professor. Hmm. Um, I th I think we better go speak with the others, and then maybe uh, just go 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 together and 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 see if we can get this stuff away from Tyna before it's too late. Yeah, he's only one guy. There's like uh, six of us, four of us, five. Yeah. How many are we uh, I'm not sure what help I'm going to be, but I'll try. Well, you were very good at, uh, you know, uh, appearing suddenly behind me and locking the door, so that skill might might come in handy at some point. So. Yeah. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, locking doors. <laughs> you. Do. <laughs> uh, I didn't okay. hear you move there, so it's very sneaky. Yeah, I can be quiet yeah. on these things. Um, sh yeah. Should we go... Yeah, let's go. We probably should should go. We shouldn't waste time. I should, we should also bring this these notes okay. with us because you never know. Uh, Jasper goes over to his bag and kind of puts the notes uh, in his kind of like leather satchel, which he which he puts on, uh, and then Camille's kind of unlocking the door. Is there anything else you want to say or do whilst you're in this room? I'll take a final look around, and then I'll be like, "Oh, so the Brian guy was helping you as well. Good guy, he's, bad guy." He's uh, give me a spot hidden as you take a look around. Uh, he's um he works for um Tyna. He's he's kinda like the I suppose the caretaker of the the, the Tyna annex. So he's on Tyna's side. Yeah, yeah. Uh that's unfortunate. So now we're two five. Uh Jimmy doesn't know what success is and he will never aspire to it. Uh he failed his spot hidden as well. Oh. <laughs> he's failed like so yeah. many roles in a row. <laughs> so one thing then, as you're as you're not looking and not really able to see anything, as you're you're kind of leaving the room, you do trip over, like stumble a little bit, and as you're leaving the room with Jasper and Camille, you you kind of look back to see what you tripped over, and you see that it's it's a it's a crutch. It's another one of the walking crutches Jasper has, but this one seems bent and askew, uh, like out of shape. Uh, and then actually that because you weren't looking and you kind of tripped over it, you're on your way out. You kind of then just quickly look at Jasper as you're leaving and you can see that the crutches he's got, they don't, they're not actually a matching pair. Hmm. You you damaged one of your crutches, Jasper? Huh? You you damaged one of your, I just tripped on a crutch and I was wondering if, if, if it's damaged or something oh. happened or did you get involved in? Uh, he closes his door now, now that you're in the, the hallway and he kind of locks it. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it happens. You know, they're, they're not the easiest things to move around on, uh, even after all this time. Um, yeah, sometimes they take the brunt rather it than me, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's, uh, let's go. Let's go. Let's go, let's go get, some, get some coffee. Oh, yeah, and that that hand is still, like, the, that finger is still on the loose, so, like, keep an eye out. Uh, well, well, around. Okay. He kind of looks yeah. at Camille, and Camille just kind of like <laughs> smiles about to <laughs> tell him about the finger uh, as you're <laughs> off to go and get a coffee. But speaking of coffee, Maggie in the hospital up on the second floor looking for the morgue slash coffee house. Brilliant segue. <laughs> I do try. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Let's get some caffeine. You go upstairs to the second floor. It's relatively mm -hmm. empty, actually. Good. I'm on a careful lookout for Captain Johnson, who sounds like a real prick. Uh, hopefully Johnson. he's going to stick around on the lower floor. So I am looking out for signs to morgue. Give me a luck roll, Maggie. Ooh, how much luck do I have left? 71 luck? Oh my god, you let me have that. That's brilliant. We are going to be spending some of that. Yeah, I think we are. But for now, that's a success. 63 under 71. 
Well, in the immediate uh, stepping up to the second floor, uh, it appears that Captain Johnson uh, was talking in the other direction to said unwell officer. So you were able to just very kind of casually walk past, drawing no attention to yourself uh, and up the stairs. So currently, Captain Johnson is leaving you alone. But we will continue those luck rolls to see as and when Captain Johnson goes on patrol around the hospital. Maggie, you're on the second floor. Okay, um, yes, so wasting no time, I uh, I stride on as though I have every right to be there. And I, is, is the door open? If not, I guess I knock. Uh, there is a closed door to the morgue. All right, knock, knock. Uh, hello? Hello, I'm looking for Officer Hemmings. Oh, uh, Hemmings is, uh, he, he's not here. Oh, well, I spoke to him last night. I dare say he's gone off shift. Um, is there someone else I can speak uh, sorry, to, Sorry, what? What are you saying? I'm sorry. Could you open this door? Yeah, I can't open the door. Just open the door. Okay, I do. You you go in, and in this room before you, this morgue before you, you firstly see that there is a metal table with a body on the table, and there's an individual standing next to this body that's on the table, and they are wearing a plastic green slick apron with white overalls beneath, gloves, uh, and they seem to be holding a rather significant saw. Right. Uh, Is it? They have big headphones on. It's not an electric saw, right? No. I, I guess I cast around like power tools. What are they wearing ear protectors for? Oh. <sighs> Are you asking that? No, I guess I, oh. I I confusedly look around and then I like motion, like take them off. Oh, sorry. I I I uh, <laughs> I, I I don't like. Um, it, uh, he takes his headphones off. I got a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> my my grandma. Um, she, she used to like say about the the last moments of the dead and that. And yo, don't listen to them. They'll take you with them, kind of thing. She sounds like a very uh, wise lady. What a, yeah. what a wonderful precaution. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, when I'm doing what I do, I, I don't like to listen to them. Not that they say anything, because that would be crazy, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can hardly think of a quieter line of work, in fact. Uh, my name's Maggie Myers, uh, and, and you, sir, are? Oh, I'm, I'm Todd. Uh, uh, follow. Uh, Coroner Follow? Uh Maggie, can you give me a psychology role? Uh, this is the coroner at Arkham Hospital. You yes. can imagine that Todd has seen some things. I love him immediately. <laughs> Let me see now. I also only have base psych, so not super promising. I hope there's nothing wrong with Todd because, like I said, I love him. That's a 67 over 10. He just with his headphones down now, hanging around his his neck in this kind of this this metal saw that he's holding that's about ten inches long and about four inches deep. He just kind of looks at you and just smiles. And, oh, hey, Maggie, uh, I, it's 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 nice to see you. Nice break in my day. They usually keep me in here all day. Or uh, the only people I get to talk to are you know some of the, some of the officers. Uh, what can I do you for, Maggie? <laughs> I just, I'm so taken with him. I'm sorry. I just want to stay here, hang out with Todd, see him do what he does. All right. Um, <laughs> I came up here so ready to have to like fight my way through <laughs> to getting information. And there's just Todd ready to, to share all manner of stories, I've no doubt. So, all right. I guess I loosen up. Like, well, Todd, I have to say, um, <laughs> I actually came up here looking for a cup of coffee, if you believe it. I, oh. I don't know if you've met Elsie downstairs. Um, friend of mine, she was involved in uh, I got a gesture at the guy on the slab. Um, this gentleman attacked her last night. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know about that. Uh, yeah. And he kind of like his eyes go quite wide. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I know about that. The girl down there. Um, yeah. This guy. Uh, Tacta. Uh, door, this one's an interesting one, Maggie. Uh, real interesting. Oh. I 
thought so too. Um, I hope this isn't too forward of me, Todd, but I was actually there last night uh, when he was, let's say, apprehended. And I couldn't help but notice, I mean, it took a moment for the, uh, the, the cops to, you know, shy us away. And oh. I am nothing if not inquisitive. And I noticed cranial injury. Um, I would have expected a lot of blood, but he had the driest cranium, dare I say, spongiest cranium I've ever set eyes on. Um, I'm, I'm at the university myself. I, I surely don't have the experience that you do, but I'd be fascinated to find out what you've discovered since you've had him here. Oh, hey, do you know, Maggie, it's so interesting that you said that because I can tell you all of the blood on him. Yeah, all the bits of blood and that all spattered around and that. I can tell you that none of it, none of it was from the attack that killed him or anything like that. This is all before. There's this weird transitional time with him. Okay. Uh, do you do you know much about bodies, Maggie? I have forgotten what Maggie's major is. Oh, she's a pathology grad student. So, oh, right up my street, Maggie. Yeah, do pathology students like see uh, cadavers and stuff? Do they need to, to learn anatomy? Yeah, probably. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah let's just I... do, I've I've done quite a few observations, but. Uh, yeah, I don't get quite as hands-on as you do. So he's got this saw and he's kind of using it as a bit of like a pointing thing. And he's just kind of going, I'm probably going to see you next semester then. You'll probably be in here with me and, and like doing, you know, some some testing things. Let me give you a bit of a preview then, Maggie. Uh, let me show you something, okay? This is something, and I wouldn't normally show this, but this is something real, real exciting, okay? Okay. Uh, so um, stand there. Yeah. Watch, watch his hands, okay? Watch his hands. And he kind of walks around to the top of the table. And he puts the saw down and he just shows his index finger. And then he just like jabs the brain really yeah. quickly, just jabs yes. the brain. And you see the hands on the on the on the, the table, they clench and they slam the table, both of them, really quickly. Oh Maggie, wow. Can you give me a sanity roll, please? Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, not just a twitch, but like not an attack. <laughs> Okay, I'm still pretty damn sane, looking in at 78, um, and that, that's an extreme success, I just Ooh. rolled an 8. Well, that's a lot of sanity, so I feel like one of those points is going to be mine. Uh, that is going to cost you one point of sanity, seeing uh, Todd Farlow poke the dried-up, desiccated brain of Walter Patchett, and then seeing Walter Patchett's dead, almost mummified bodies, fists clench and slam the table to the point where the table actually looks like it's a, bit, a little bit dented. Ooh, okay. Like, this is significant. Oh, well, yeah. You, you, you think that's cool? You think that's cool? Come, 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 come. Watch this. Watch this, okay? And he kind of pulls back the, uh, the, the sheet that's over um, Walter Patchett's chest. You see here? What do you see, Maggie? Tell me what you see. Can you give me a don't mind spot hidden medicine? Possibly even a first aid. It's not really first aid, but I'll allow you to choose a role looking at this body that you think in terms of observing the condition of it. If you have a forensics or a pathology role, one of those would be useful as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, my medicine is only 15, um, but I've got 40 forensics, 60 pathology. So if you're okay with pathology, I would love to roll I that. I am indeed. Yes. All right, that's a 34 under 60. That's a normal success. I could spend four luck to make it a hard if necessary. Yes, please. Yeah, all righty. That's four luck coming off the top. Hard success. What do I get? Well, just explaining what those points get you. Firstly, I just want to take luck from you. Secondly, it takes you from an observation of small puncture wounds in the chest. Three in a line directly into the chest where they would have had to break past the breastplate. But with your hard success, a little bit lower down, you see that these punctures seem to form a, a bigger circle. You can see that the skin is slightly lacerated. It's hard to see because it's not blood that you can see there. It's a darker dried substance. And then Todd, with your hard success, with his finger, just reaches over to the laceration and pushes it slightly. 
And as he pushes it, and he just gives a little pressure, you can see something pops up. Something pops up. Like Hang on a second. Don't be saying that to a girl. <laughs> what pops up? Well, Maggie, you're in complete safety with Todd. Uh, he's not that way inclined. Uh, but as he pushes uh, the wound, you can see that little glass shards just poke up out of the wound. And this dark coloured substance that's clearly not blood, and you can tell it's not blood, hmm. because it's green. Oh, oh yeah. You see, uh, something happened here. There's a, there's a break in the chest and, and, and glass. Maybe, maybe he was glassed. But then that wouldn't explain why his head is caved in. I, uh, wait a second, wait a second. And he kind of just turns around to the table next to him. And on oh, the no. table next to him... Is a police report with Maggie's name on it? There's a police report <laughs> with Walter Patchett's name on it. Okay. And he opens it. And you can see that there's uh, a couple of... Uh, there's like a newspaper article. There's a couple of photos. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm sure he didn't have these these uh, any of these lacerations or marks on him before. So uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at the report here that the police officers had, and it doesn't say anything about that. We're gonna we're gonna work. Um, that's what Maggie says. Uh, no, <laughs> but she is taken aback. Uh, I'm sorry, Todd. Did I misunderstand you? You're saying these lacerations took place here in the morgue. After he was brought in last night? Oh, no, 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 no. These lacerations. I'm uh, I'm surmising that these lacerations were around the the time of death. Uh, but when these happened, these were the last lacerations to, 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 to form a human bodily reaction to death. Now, I've seen bodies and I've seen them sliced up, cut up, chopped up, minced up. Now, when it happens when they're alive, there are things that you can see. When it happens to dead flesh, that's another thing altogether. These ones here... This, these puncture wounds, this glass, the way it's embedded, the, the, the markings around it, it looks like this was whatever it was that killed him, or at least was a part of what killed him. Happened while he was alive to going to dead. You see, he was alive. Something happened. Stab in the chest. Foley McFall. He dead. And then and these wounds, all these wounds on the face and the hands and the mouth, Oh, that's all after. So that happened after he was dead. So either someone staged it, <laughs> or he's like a zombie or something. Ha 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 ha. Oh, Todd, you card. Um, okay. Uh, Maggie's starting to like breathe heavily and just try and keep it together. Um, Can you give me a luck roll, Maggie? <laughs> yes, of course. Coming in at 61 under 67. Oh. Wait, I rolled twice. They were both successes. We're fine. Okay. Well, as long as they're both successes, uh, you <laughs> lucky, lucky son of a gun. Uh, lucky uh, uh, Maggie of a gun. Um, so the phone rings on the wall in the morgue. Bring, 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 bring. The phone's ringing. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> give me a second. Uh, let me let me just go and um, speak to the voices in the box. Uh, and he kind of uh, walks over to the phone uh, and picks it up. Yeah, Hello. Uh-huh. You've probably got a moment uh, where you're not being observed by Todd, where you've got the body before you. Uh, you can see that Walter is in a certain condition. You also have um, the file on Walter. <laughs> you can also see the file on Walter. Oh, the file. Okay, lovely. Yeah. Then I guess I'm skimming the file. And if I've got time, I'm going to cast my eyes over the body. But I feel like Todd's going to be more likely to show me around the body than he has the file. So I'd love to skim, skim the file. Okay, um, so you can see the the, the, the the two main things in the file that kind of sit there. Uh, there's actually a, a handwritten note. You might surmise that it's Todd's handwriting. Uh, he just writes, found in personal possessions. And what you see is, firstly, this. Would you mind describing this and then reading the accompanying note? Okay, so we have here a photo. Oh, yes. Um, so I want to say like a Victorian era photo of what looks to be a seance. We're talking a sort of half circle of a very uh, grim, stern-looking figures with their hands on. Uh, they're either like on a Ouija board or they're holding hands or similar. And the accompanying handwriting says Rosanna Rossi left 
Enoch Bowen and other cult members performing some sort of ritual? 1885 question mark? Clearly some sort of fakery. Good luck on the hunt. Dash Palmer. From Casefile Church of Starry Wisdom. Okay. And the other uh, item that you see uh, is a newspaper clipping. Would you mind, please, reading the article? So this is from the Boston Daily Globe. Missing student's body identified. And there's a photo here of a young lady, and it's labelled as Miss Camille Goodwin. And the headline is, yeah, under missing student's body identified, six-month search draws to a close. Police refuse to rule out foul play. By Philip Redfield, Boston, March the 3rd, following six months of extensive investigation, the Boston Police Department has identified a body as that of missing Harvard student Camille Goodwin, Damn it, Camille, we knew you were a wrong one. Goodwin was last seen on the night of September 14th year after attending a book club meeting with friends. September 14th year, question mark? After attending a book club meeting with friends, her body was found in the crawl space of an abandoned house in the Cambridge area after neighbours raised the alarm. While the house was said to have been rented by a local religious group, police have been unable to locate any of the previous residents. Although the police do not have any active suspects in the case, Detective Brimley of BPD has not ruled out foul play and has appealed for anyone with any information to come forward. We are still establishing the facts around Miss Godwin's activity prior to her disappearance. We do believe that she may have been mixed up with people who meant to do her harm. Godwin's father, a local antiquarian, and then it cuts off. Camille's dead twist. Well, I don't want to further add conjecture to what you've uh, found out here um <laughs> but i think with that revelation you are snapped back into reality as you hear uh todd farlow the the wonderfully um uh, animated um coroner on the phone just laugh quite loudly <laughs> i know and i bet they didn't see that coming Okay, see you later. Hangs up the phone. So Maggie, oh, you look like you're seeing a ghost. Lewis, you are making your way into the Charles Tyner Science Annex with Professor, or Doctor, should I say. Uh, He didn't spend all that time in doctor school to be called Professor, uh, although he'd probably like it. Uh, Dr. Robert Tyner, the infamous or the famous uh, Charles Tyner's son. You're walking in, and as you're walking in, you see that there's a change in his nature, Lewis. You saw him originally as this pompous, angry, outward individual blasting off at this, uh, well... you don't know, person that seems very submissive to his needs. But now, after what you've shown him, your interest. Ah, so, uh, Lewis, uh, you, uh, you come with me. I'm gonna, I'll take you up to my office. We'll sit down. We'll have a chat. And, uh, well, I, I just want you to know, Lewis, you've always impressed me as a student. Ah, you've always impressed me. Tell me, uh, what is it, uh, what is it you want to do as you go through life? Well, I just want to do my best, Professor, you know. Uh, I I just want to learn new things. I just want to to be better. I just want to to try to discover new things. I just want to be part of history. Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Be part of history. This is great. This is great. Now, let me tell you something. You want to be part of history? You stick with me, kiddo. We're going to change the world. Now, I need someone with a sharp mind and a... What should we say? Uh, Gracious attitude like you got, okay? I need someone who's going to really just listen and do what they're told. No questions asked. How does that sound? I mean, my only questions would be to further my own knowledge. But uh, if I can help out, sir, you know that I'm always glad to do so. Okay, Lewis. I'm going to show you something. Come on. Come with me. Come with me. 
and he walks you into the the Charles Tyner Science Annex. It's a, you know, it, it, it's not a big building on campus, but it's it's got a couple of floors. You know, there's a there's like a basement floor, and where some kind of like structural engineering kind of course goes on. There's the the, the ground floor, first floor, and then second floor. And he's he's walking you essentially up the stairs up to the second floor to where his office is. And you can see all the classrooms. You can see that they've been cleaned during this kind of semester break. Uh, there's not many people around. Um, you you can see uh, that majoritively it seems pretty empty. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems pretty isolated. In Tynus building, no one will hear you scream. Woo! Great. But he walks you up and, uh, well, you get to his office. And the first thing you notice is a certain someone you've seen before. The gentleman you saw at the uh, dormitory, the the gentleman that Jimmy uh, had a go at and, and was going to say, who are you, who are you, who are you? Uh, yeah. And um, later find out that, that he works at the Charles Tyner Science Annex. Uh, and he's kind of down on one knee and he's got a screwdriver and he's screwing uh, a nameplate into Robert Tyner's door. And the, the nameplate says uh, Robert Tyner's door. And without a, a role necessary, you can see that there's, a, there's an old nameplate on the floor. And the old nameplate on the floor says, Professor Marsh. Oh, is Professor Marsh leaving by any chance? Oh, <laughs> the, uh, no, 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 no. We were just having a switch around. I needed um, more laboratory space. Uh, I needed a, an office close to my laboratory space. And, uh, well, I needed Marsh to move. Uh, I asked... Well, I'm sure he was kind enough to say yes. Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> but he's Good. got another room somewhere downstairs. So, uh, so, so yeah, about this green goo, do you think that, you know, maybe we'll we'll be able to just, like, go to the lab later on and maybe look at it? Oh, I don't know about later on. I think maybe we'll have a little look in a minute. Just, uh, just, just come on in for a minute. Let me just, um... Let me just That's find amazing. Uh, Thank you so gonna... much, Professor. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, hey an interested uh, inquiring mind is uh, someone I want to have around. Um, let me just, uh, can you give me a spot hidden? Now you're in the room, please. Mm, yeah, of course. I would love to do that. So that. That's a hard success. 12 against 25. Ooh. Hey. Uh, you look around the room, Lewis. And you can see that a lot of the room, not all of it, the typewriter's still there. Uh, there's a little pen pot to the side. Uh, there's a little uh, inkwell. Um, and it seems like all of the obligatory office mandatory equipment seems to be just left out as an operational office for administration. There seems to be quite a few boxes around the room that are packed up with papers, and the odd piece of equipment. You see a microscope sticking out of one box. You see uh, some some cardboard tubes sticking out of another. You see some rolled up papers uh, in so another. So, which is not really surprising if they are actually like switching offices. That would be like normal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But, um, but, but, okay, okay. Lewis, give me an intelligence roll. I feel like, you know, it was a hard success. You're not going to give me more than that? Oh, honestly, Charles, I can't say no to you. Oh, uh, thank you so much, Newman. Okay. What you get, because it is a hard success, you're quite right. What you get then, beyond the, the, these things are all boxed up, is it looks like these things have all been out recently in this room. It looks like they've been repacked and on the boxes, it, it, you can see that it's kind of written on the boxes and it says home lab. This doesn't look like it's somebody else's stuff to the point where you can actually see some letters in one of the box, which are addressed to Professor, sorry, Dr. Robert Tyner. It doesn't seem like he's unpacking. It seems like he is packing. Oh, forgive me, boy. Uh, it's a bit of a mess in here. I got to take some things out of here. There's a few uh, 
uh, prying eyes and, 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 and things. Uh, but I just need to get a few things. We'll go in the lab next door and I will show you the future of everything. Uh, and he goes into his things and he, he, uh, he says, uh, do you mind if I, uh, can I have the glass, the green? Yeah, yeah, of course, Professor. I'm going to hand that to him. He puts it in one of the boxes uh, and he pulls out a completely new full one. And what's really quite bizarre is that he then pulls out a purple one and then a blue one. These, my boy, these are going to change the world. But you got to be careful. You got to use the right one for the right job. Now, um, uh, go and put that lab coat on, get some goggles, and then come with me. And he puts a, a lab coat on, puts some goggles on. You can see he uh, goes through, and literally there's a, there's a connecting door between his office and uh, the room next door. Oh, um, so let's let's all be you know clear here. As soon as he's like showing me those, the blue one, the purple one, and stuff like that, well. At that point, Louis, who was like really happy to like get up in the world and uh, be the new lab assistant, well, he understands that things are not what they seemed at first, and that he needs to get out as quick as he can. So when he's like, "Oh, let's put some goggles on, let's go to the lab," I'm not going to the lab. He's going out of the of his office. I'm running the opposite direction. I want to get out of the tiny building. Okay, as soon as you start to run then. Uh, 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 uh Lewis! Lewis! Oh, God damn it, Lewis, you goddamn fraud! You're gonna fail for this! I'll have your application pulled from the university! Get back here, you son of a bitch! And let's hope that he will never see me again. And... With that, you run out of the university, you all go home, and that is the end of the... Oh, no, wait a minute. Oh, uh, no, bloody hell. Jimmy. Jimmy, you are with your new best pals, aren't you? Oh, yeah. We're having a picnic. We're having a good time. We're talking about our experiences, hey. having lived for approximately 20-something years. You know, and then died. <laughs> I would say there is no greater gift to a keeper. Yes, there's sanity. Yes, there's luck. Yes, there's even the, the the withdrawal of power in certain moments. But when your investigators literally decide to go on their own individual paths, there is no greater <laughs> gift to a keeper uh, who enjoys torturing them in each in their own individual moments. So, Jimmy, uh, you're with as Jimmy now believes due to his psychology role, your new really trustworthy and believable friends. Um, Camille, because that's her name, uh, <laughs> is with you and Jasper. And um, you basically, you, you, you get to the, the little kind of, you know, coffee place, the, the little place on campus that you can go for a little bite to eat and you sit down and then Jasper says, um, I'll, um, I'll get the, the coffees. Um, you go, right? Because we have to go find Maggie and Lewis. Yeah. Are they not coming here? Well, they, they said we'd meet for breakfast, but I don't I don't think we said exactly when. What time is it? Um, it's, uh, it's it's about half ten. And then, and then I think you, uh, we said we, you, you said that you had to see... Uh, Professor March, right? I don't. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, we were going to wait for those guys and then you know go, go and snag uh, go and snag Tyner's you know research out so so that he can't do bad things with it. I mean, we 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 could just go now and do it if you think it would save Maggie and Lewis. Well, uh, Lewis, uh, I believe went to the science building, so we could go. Grab the coffees, go find him there, and then come back to meet Maggie. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's probably already there. Yeah. Okay. Um, can we have our coffees to go, please? 
and there's only a minute or two before um, you, you get your coffees to go um, in these really uh, retro takeout cups. Uh, and uh, yeah, and you all kind of leave, um, making your way uh, across the campus towards the university building. Can I ask? The science building, right? Sorry, yeah, the, the science building, quite right. The the, the Charles Tyner Science Annex. Uh, can I ask, um, firstly, Jimmy, to give me uh, an intelligence roll and then Lewis to give me a luck roll, please. Oh, or should of it be a group course. luck roll? We never do group luck rolls, do we? <laughs> Not the whole group. For a group. reason. Yeah. Uh, go on, Lewis, you give me the luck roll, please. Perfect, amazing. I'll do that. Oh, Jimmy succeeded at something. Go, Jimmy. Ah. Oh, nice. You see it as well. Yeah. Hard success. Okay. Bloody hell. Okay. Right. Okay. So two things happen. Firstly, Jimmy, mm-hmm. you're on your way over there with uh, with Camille and with Jasper, having a sip on your coffee, having a chat. Camille uh, is no doubt kind of saying, oh, Jimmy, it's, it's, I'm glad we're doing this. It's, it's, it's the right thing to do. Um, I think your father's going to be real proud of you. Um, you know, like... You think so? Well, doing the he's right thing. He never said it, but I, I'm sure he thinks it deep down. Have you ever done anything before like this? Like saving the world like this? Uh, probably not. No, I... Yeah, What, what right. do you mean, probably not? Well, you know, you know, the butterfly effect and everything. You maybe have saved the world, I don't know. You think that you may have <laughs> saved the world with the butterfly effect? Yeah, I mean, I Jimmy, mean... even for you, that's, that, that is an ego boost <laughs> beyond. I mean, that's... All I'm what? saying is, you know, I, I, I took... We took one engineering class and they said something about like, you know, cause and effect and Was that that day I saw you in the quad <laughs> killing butterflies? I'm really impressed with Jimmy's confidence. I mean, you know, it's just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. Quite amazing. <laughs> because the butterfly effect doesn't work. Like if you're killing butterflies, that doesn't stop bad things from happening. You know that, right? I mean, it doesn't not stop bad things from happening either, you know? Apart it's from the massacre of, like, of butterflies. That's... Well, they kind of aspirate, you know, with what they were wearing and everything. They've stunned out a bit too much. Like, what they were wearing. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jimmy, in your moment, as as uh, you think about that class that you had, where you were told about the butterfly effect and essentially, uh, you know, the, this reference to the aggregation of marginal impacts on, on uh, kind of mechanical wares and cogs. And it's this idea that if one is out of place, the the aggregation of damage throughout the entire mechanism just is compounded throughout. I see you took that class as well. I did take that class. (laughs) I taught that class. uh, As I was a visiting professor called Professor Marsh, I just wandered into engineering and went, hey guys, here's some engineering knowledge. Uh, I'm actually a geologist. Um, So uh, when you were taking that class, Jimmy, um, it was around the time that some of the older engineering students had done this kind of like amazing but unspeakable thing where they had basically gone to the basement of the science building where a lot of the engineering lessons happen because it's like hide them somewhere down in the ground because they're so bloody loud and they had in this common room basically excavated a huge part of the the actual room out and what i'm going to show you now is uh the basement map for the science annex because it shows you on the map that you can see the cave which is what they've called it which is kind of like a a hollowed out area which leads to an opening out through a series of bushes so even when the science annex is locked up the kind of the the the, the, kind of the ongoing gag is is that the engineers they'll sometimes kind of go back down take a few beers someone might take a smoke of something and they can kind of hide out there and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a you know middle finger up to Robert Tyner, who everybody hates because he's so pompous and uh, it's his dad's building. But you kind of know there's this, I suppose, secret student way in. Okay. And you're walking over there with Jasper. You're walking over there with Camille. Uh, Lewis, you succeeded on your luck roll? Indeed, it was a hard success on my luck roll, so. Lewis, only knowing what you know about Tyner, not knowing anything that Maggie has found out. Yeah, of course. You see Jimmy, Camille, and Jasper all walking across the the, the quad, literally by the bell tower, as you once were, walking over to the science annex. And you see them walking over. What do you do? I'll run towards them, uh, out of breath. (laughs) Tyler, Tyler, he's he's like, he's the one, he's the one doing it. He's the one doing it. Like, with with the guy, with the Pinkerton guy. Lewis, are you okay? Yeah, we 
you know he's doing it. Yeah, with with the 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 groundskeeper Brian. We have to stop him, right? Yeah, on uh, I mean, what? Stop him? We stop need to him. warn the police. That's what we need to do. Oh, don't, no, oh. the, the police will think we're the mad. The they think we're mad. They, they're not going to take our those? word over a, over a, a, a time. Yeah, but it's worth a try, Jimmy, you know, because why? they think I'm, we're mad. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to take Jimmy aside and I'm going to just, just a few steps aside. I'll give him uh, a big but, hug. I'm no, glad you're okay, no, friend. No, 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 Jimmy. That's not, not, not now, not now, Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah, come yeah. Here, come yeah, in. yeah. She's like, she's the bad guy. We know that. I mean, they explained I'm, it. It made a lot of sense. I think that they regret what they've done and they want to help us take Tyner down now. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Let's slow down. They regret? What the? Are they, they working told me with everything? They, they said that they murdered a lot of rats. Rats. They made rats. Murdered. And, and then they brought them back they to life. They murdered rats. And then they brought them back to life. What? Like the guy, the Pinkerton guy was dead and then he came back to life. And that's why his brain was all wrong. So technically, Maggie didn't kill anyone. But don't tell her. She'll feel really embarrassed about it. So are we just like, are we cool with all of that? So they're part of Tyler's team, right? I guess... You know, second chances and everything, right? What? Jimmy, you never believed in second chances. That's why you're not speaking to Vincent right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that guy deserved it, though. This guy's, you know, I don't know what... He was sick that day. Sick. Uh, Jimmy, Lewis, if, if he's in there now and he's doing what he's doing, we, we've got to go stop him before it's too late. Thank you for joining us for Act 4 of Flesh Wounds by Pete Burgess. If you like what we're doing, you can support us for as little as £1 on coffee. That's KO-FI Miskatonic Playhouse. And we would be incredibly thankful if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts or watch our videos. You can also join us on Discord, Facebook and Twitter through our website www.miskatonicplayhouse.com and through the links found in the show notes. Until next time, when the curtain rises again.